Be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I do hope it's not just complete chaos at the start, you know, uh, right from the start. I do hope, but I don't hold out that much hope. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Skeptical Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm the producer of this show and professional Ben Kelly Wrangler. With me is political commentator Ben. Hello who you can find at Skeptical on Twitter. This podcast takes a sceptical look at news and current affairs from the point of view of two fed-up middle-aged dads, that's us. Each episode, Ben will have a subject for discussion and then we'll bollock on about something else once we're bored. Now then, Ben, how you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Good. You can ask me how I am. Uh, how are you, Matt? You don't sound great. I'm not that great. Oh. I've started smoking again, so I'm feeling pretty miserable. Uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the end of the lockdown. How do we feel about it? How do you think it will go? Etc. forget the night the Prime Minister announced the national lockdown. Every citizen of this country placed under quarantine. Weeks turned into months. It was like being under house arrest. But that speech, it was one of those obvious, where were you that day moments. But the strange thing is I've lived through a few of those and I've never felt so freaked out as when I was told to stay at home for my own good. I remember getting home from school and going to see my grandma and watching the Twin Towers collapse. That was weird. I remember the first bombings of Baghdad. When I first saw the news about the global economic crash, I was off my box on mushrooms in a bar in Amsterdam. So as you can imagine, it was a bit hard to take in. But nothing, nothing freaked me out by being told I must stay at home. So how weird was it last week when we were told that slowly but surely the lockdown is going to be lifted? I've been wondering for ages what I'd feel like when that moment came. To my surprise, on that day, I felt happy. I felt excited. I felt relieved. It felt like finally, after months of darkness, of uncertainty, of losing all sense of time and space, it felt like there was light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah, the lockdown's going to end. But there's still risk. People are still dying. And more people will die. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here to cheer you all up. But look, we can all hope the worst is behind us. There's still difficult times ahead, isn't there? But it was the right decision to begin lifting the lockdown. Deaths related to COVID-19 peaked on the 8th of April at over 800 a day. In recent weeks, we've seen a reduction to less than 60. There's only so long we can live like this. We're going to spend a long time into the future arguing about the decisions made during this time. It's going to be a long period of reflection and a lot of questions that will need answers. But you know what? I've decided to do something I rarely do. I'm going to choose optimism. Try it out. In our future, until there's a vaccine or better treatment, we face risk and anxiety. Yep, sure. But there is light at the end of the tunnel, and we're walking there together. There may be setbacks, local lockdowns, 
maybe even that dreaded second wave. But there's that light. Can you see it? And when we get there, we'll be living our lives again together. Not a new normal, just normal. Oh, we'll have changed. Some things will change. But one day you'll be happy as Larry in the pub again. You'll be browsing for clothes in the shops. You'll be flicking through books in your favourite bookshop. You'll be back on the terraces, taking your kids to the park or the play area. We will get there. We're on our way there now. It's complicated and difficult, but the key, the absolute key to this, is to be respectful of each other, to be cautious, to be hygienic, to be sensible, to cooperate, as we were made out of this fucking nightmare. Don't be one of those assholes who thinks it's a load of nonsense and they'll be fine so they can just do whatever they want and fuck everyone else. We're in this together and we need to look after each other, yeah? So, episode one of this podcast was about how much we missed the pubs. Well, the pubs are reopening on July the 4th. I'll see you there. It's good to hear that you're positive, Ben, about um, leaving the lockdown, whatever kind of guise it's going to take. Um, I'm not feeling so great about it. I'm, well, I am, I am happy about it, but uh, I'm not really... Some people have got plans to like go back to the pub on the 4th of July, and I, that just fills me with dread. I don't, I don't want to like get stuck in queues and shit. Oh, not looking forward to it. Well, after... I have to say, um, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I'm not quite sure how I'll feel when the reality is there and I'm able to go to a pub despite making a podcast demanding the pubs open and I want to go back into one immediately. I don't know. I'm not that anxious because throughout, I haven't felt very often anxious about getting the virus like I should. I've just felt more anxious about other people being anxious and about not being able to do stuff. I haven't had that health crisis thing because... I've just got that reckless, uh, weird, narcissistic part of my personality that just sort of feels like that's just not going to happen to me yet. Because I think, like, you know, I I think, like, I'm in some kind of uh, narrative or story. It's a fantasy, really. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, obviously, I've known you for years, and, yeah, to describe yourself as a narcissist, wow, yeah. I never would have thought that about you, Ben. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. What's made me happy is just that the light at the end of the tunnel um, yeah, that's fair. Once again, like with everything, as I think we've discussed previously, as we gain a new freedom, it's tainted by the restrictions that come with it to try and manage the virus. And that is a reminder of uh, the, the the risks we're taking and uh, the danger that some people face and just how things are not normal. And that, you know, obviously is a downer. And that's going to be a factor, I think. Um, especially as we discussed. What about what about the danger of uh, coming back to of a, a you know second lockdown? What about that? How do you feel about that? Well, how I feel personally is I know that there's been a lot of discussion about um, some kind of localized response. To say there's an, uh, a spike in cases in a particular region, and they therefore bring in some uh, restrictions in that region. I think they really need to be thinking more along those lines. And I also think personally that would be better to to issue guidance, not necessarily say you are now locked in your homes. I know that this means that some people will take risks they shouldn't, 
and uh, perhaps even this will lead to more spread of the virus than otherwise there would be. But I don't think we can go back to this again and again and again. There's this thing about scarring as well, economic scarring, just how bad we're talking. Three million unemployed nearly now. That could get worse. Economic scarring means scarring you know, of our whole society and a whole generation basically fucked up. And you just don't know what the political consequences of that might be. We've seen what happened from the crash in 2008. Various other factors like that led to political instability. We're playing with some major forces here, and I think we need to start coming out of this. It's a very interesting thing to read about the virus and all the complications it has, the the, the long-term effects it has on people, the, the symptoms, and you know, people who are still feeling ill, literally ill, months later... And it takes people, you know, it takes years off people's lives. It's a serious disease if it gets you seriously, and a major risk. But we are still talking about a disease that is very, relatively low risk for people under forty, uh, without other conditions. Um, so a lockdown like this can only go on for so long. I'm not going to argue the top. What about, what about smokers, Ben? That's what I want to know. What about smokers? Well, I, I mean, the studies are saying that smoke. <laughs> funny, the study, the, the study the other day said 75% likely, less likely to die of coronavirus. That was some study in Dublin, France. Um, France. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course it is. They love, they love a smoke. <laughs> yeah, they do, yeah. You would no, no doubt. But um, there has been a lot of discussion about that. I don't think, I never read any of the reports. Maybe it's something to do with the nicotine. It's clearly not to do with tarring your lungs up. Or maybe the tar is like a protective layer against the coronavirus. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not up on the science, but I do think that there must be other complications that smokers have that probably lead you to face a bit of. I mean, I wouldn't like to be a smoker and then have a disease that fucks your lungs. But you know. Oh yes, definitely. But I would say, I would say, for your sake, you know, take all the precautions you can, wash your hands, and keep smoking for now, according to the advice. Everybody out there. If you if you're still smoking, continue to maybe take it up. You know you are you that that is a lifesaver. We could we could try and like beam light into the lungs. Have you tried doing it or disinfectant? Yeah, just like inject into the into the veins. We could yeah, try yeah, that. We could maybe look into that. We could yeah. just maybe they look, could into, look that. into it. Yeah. Um. So come come the fourth of July. Have you got any plans for that day? I don't actually know what is what day what day that it's is. It's a Saturday, isn't it? I it's think. a Saturday. Okay, well, um, for the sake of my own uh, integrity, I will probably go to a pub and take a photo of myself in the pub just to say, look, I followed through with my own reckless plans. And then the next week, I'll probably get coronavirus and be severely ill. That's really the that's the banter. That's the banter out- outcome, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Okay. So when it come when you come how when you come to the pub. How long would you be willing to wait for a pint? Well, you know, my integrity, you know, as you know, is very important to me. So I'm willing to queue for at least 20 minutes and anything off that, okay. fuck that. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I tried, didn't I? But the queue's too long. I'll go tomorrow or the day after. I'm going to go. Would there come a point if you were waiting for long enough, would your integrity then diminish because you've been waiting so long that it becomes a bit of a joke? Not sure. You become a bit desperate. Um, not, There's a, there must be like an apex. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what the balance is. I'm not a big expert on integrity, having sacrificed so much of it over the years. <laughs> <laughs> half, I reckon about half an hour is is a good is a, is all right. But then, like, half how much hour? do you wait for your sec for your second pint? Well, there's a. I mean, ah, this is why I'm not so up for going. Well, you know, I'd, I'd be quite happy to order two pints and a couple of chasers all at once and just you know go for it. Yeah, so I went into a pub today that there was you know they're they're 
uh, doing takeaway beer. Oh yeah, and I, I was asking them about what their plans are, and they're they're because they're, they're quite small. Yeah, uh, and he was saying um, it's going to be interesting on a Friday night when loads of people pile into the pub, and they're what he said was we're not going to be able to tell them to go away. Like we're not going to be policing it, so you know it's just gonna, we're just going to end up serving loads of people in the pub. So, okay. This touches upon what we discussed in the first podcast about pubs reopening. Um, I think, in fact, that you know, regarding social distancing and whatever other guidelines there are when it comes to large groups of people drinking, I don't think pubs, um, landlords or staff can will find. I think they will find it very difficult to police whether there are two households meeting or in fact just a large group of various people who don't know each other. I don't think they can police that. And I just think that once people get pissed up, you know, they don't care about this sort of sort of shit. There's going to be all bets are off. Couples will be getting off with each other. Uh, you know, this stuff about not talking to the barman. And then when people start pushing it with you, it, their guards go down and, you're, and suddenly the barman's talking to you. You know, it might not happen. I don't know. Maybe they'll be more wary than that. But people's barriers start to drop, especially when they're drinking. And as I say, yeah, crowds of people turn up. Who's, who, what's, I mean, you know, bouncers in, in, in pubs from where, where I am, you know, quite good at crowd control, but keeping up to 20, 30 people trying to police what groups they're in and blah, 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 blah. It's a nightmare. I don't, I don't see it working. So be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I do hope it's not just complete chaos at the start, you know, uh, right from the start. I do hope, but I don't hold out that much hope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I did request some pub sound effects again just to celebrate the announcement that pubs will reopen, despite your anxiety. Okay, so we'll start that now. It's happening, whatever it is. Hey, good to see you. How are you doing? Yeah. Here's a hug. I'm all right. I mean, to be honest, like, pubs are going to open. I can go to them, I can go with my family, but um, I can't see any of my friends. So all my friends live in London. I don't live in London. Or they live, uh, well, you live up north. Yeah. Can't go and see you. I mean, I could go into London, but I just really do not fancy public transport yet. No, I wouldn't um, be doing that, no. You know, maybe I'm just being irrational by suddenly being in a good mood. Do you know what I think it is more than anything? Maybe it's not even the news. I just, for four days, had decent sleep. I slept like how you should normally sleep for four days in a row. And that's maybe why mm-hmm. I feel happy, and it might be nothing to do with any of this. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad to hear you've been sleeping well. I mean, I don't know what I'm meant to do with that. Should we stop this bit? Well, I guess so, because it didn't really turn into the being positive thing, did it? <laughs> no, we failed yet again. I think I'm just tired. I think I'm just tired. It's it's just so fucking hot outside. I'm just I'm just drained. Yeah, it is draining. That's what it is. I haven't really enjoyed the heat that much today because I have been working and the kids have been actually the kids have been quite good because they were in the paddling pool, but still they're just here all the time, and you have to be sure you know you have to make sure they don't drown or kill each other or anything like that. So I mean, they've got to be pretty stupid to drown in a paddling pool. I reckon. Yeah, they've got to be pretty stupid, but um, kids are pretty stupid. That's the one thing I've learned. I say it quite often, not to them. I just hasten to add to you and anyone listening. Uh, 
Uh, well, apart from that one I mean, time, which we discussed in the previous podcast, which was a mistake, and I did apologise to my child. Uh, and fuck's sake, still, still stuck with him. <laughs> still yeah, with him. I, I didn't. Pop- the scarring's done. Yeah, the scarring is done. Um, oh, fuck. You always <laughs> knock me off course. You always, this is the opposite of what you're meant to do. Easily. This does. Uh, this does lead me on to my first question. Actually, this does lead me on to my first question. Actually, okay. Um, so we obviously love our children very much, but I, I would be interested to know if you uh, could change one thing about your children, what would it be? George, my son George, bless him, he just talks too much. You've said before about your son, they are in love with their mothers, they're in love with them, they want them to know everything that's in their mind at all times. And he has got an inner narrative and it doesn't stop ever. And I've said to him before, George, I can't take anymore. You've got to be quiet for a while. Silent for five minutes. He can't do it. Bless him. He's got to he's got so to So what kind of what kind what kinds of things are you talking about? Oh, he, he's 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 very hyperactive and very very enthusiastic about his hobbies um he has interests in gardening he has interests in fishing i get up in the morning i don't know if this was on the previous podcast so i might cut this out he was watching episodes of a fishing documentary like a 70 year old man um and <laughs> he, he gets these ideas he's like his mom he's getting these ideas into his head about how oh, we're going to do this or that with the garden or we're going to do this or that with the guinea pigs or, that we've bought blah 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 he, get, he makes plans and then he talks about them constantly 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 and then he goes to his mum and tells her everything he's thinking at all times and when are you going to do this mummy and when are you going to do that mummy and how are we going to do that? I think we should do it this way and it is so constant that it's very difficult not to be driven almost to the point of insanity sometimes but they did one of those Facebook quizzes you know that people do on Facebook here's so many questions here's my answer I nominate someone to answer these questions they, they ask questions of, of the children one of the asked questions was what is the thing that daddy says to you the most and George actually said be quiet which um, I was quite oh, pleased with because it's quite sad isn't it it is quite sad especially as that isn't the phrase I usually use <laughs> <laughs> um, but just he, kids do talk a lot but you wouldn't believe how much he, he talks and it's something to manage and have to tune out because it's crazy. And we're with them all so much now that you notice it more and more. It just batters you with it because they have no sense of timing or they're so selfish and self-obsessed that they must tell you all their thoughts. And he is a hyperactive boy and it's a bombardment. That's what I would change. It's weird. I don't know where... Incessant talking, I don't know where he gets it from. His mum, I think. Mostly his mum. <laughs> yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... They fuck you up, your mum and dad, said Philip Larkin. Uh, yeah, so we've been trying a few times to do, like, recommendations for things, like some, like, pretentious kind of Mark Kermode wannabes, like, oh, we've seen a th- film recently, let's talk about him. Yeah, that got cut out of last one, didn't it, because it didn't really work. Yeah, and it actually transpires that it's much harder than it looks, and every time we try it, we end up rambling and saying, uh, a lot, and just basically fucking it up and not really grasping um so my idea is to try a, a new thing here um i'm just gonna ask you a list of things and you're just gonna tell me the name of the thing so my first one is gonna be like what's the last book you read and you're gonna tell me the last book you read i'm gonna go through the list and you're just gonna tell me what the things are and then we're gonna do it and then we've done our recommendation bit and then we're done we don't need to try any harder about it yeah, yeah don't make it, don't it. make it sound fun just make it sound like a massive chore that we're all going through that's fine yeah it'll be over quickly though yeah um okay 
So, Ben, what was the last book you read? The last book I read was Women by Charles Bukowski. What was the last film that you saw? Um, I, I'm not actually sure. The last film that I attempted to watch three three nights in a row was uh, Quantum of Solace, uh, the second Craig... Not Craig David, I don't think he's in that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Daniel Craig... Daniel Craig, James Bond film, which I think is underrated, by the way, but I do like crap films. But I fell asleep three t- three days ago. Too much, too much reviewing, too much reviewing. What was the last kids' TV show that you watched? Peppa Pig. When did you watch that? Earlier. Well, that was too much, sorry, too much, too much. What was the last uh, album that you listened to? Um, I listened to Definitely Maybe by Oasis for the first time in about 25 years, or maybe a bit less time than that, actually. What was the last thing you did in your life which you're ashamed of? Oh, shit. <laughs> Um, to make it easy, I'll think back to just something that I've done today, because there must be one. Uh, <laughs> the latest one. Oh, God. I mean, God, big, small, so many things <laughs> that I just do constantly that are bad. Oh, OK. One thing I did earlier is um, I went to Aldi or Lidl. I can't remember which one it was. And I got into the shop and then I forgot really why I'd gone to the shop and didn't really I suddenly just thought why am I in the shop and what am I buying so I bought some random stuff and some beer uh, I hadn't got a bag and I didn't want to buy one so I just put it all straight into into the basket I sort of resent how they serve you at these at Little and Aldi they just like chuck it all at you throw it at your head and expect you just to do it real quick so anyway I put it all back in the basket then I went to the, my car which was right at the end of the car park right at the other end I put all the stuff into the bags that I had in the, the boot of my car, which I forgot to take in, and then I just sort of put the basket on the floor and fucked off. Mate, that is fucking shameful. I know, yeah, it's rude, isn't it? Good, it's a good answer, it's a good answer. Yep. So how did you how did you find the recommendations bit, did you? Think it worked? Uh, I think it may have worked. Mm. Well, you read those like articles, American parents complaining about their kids speaking English, with English accents from watching so much Peppa Pig. Yeah, seen that? good. Fucking have a bit of that. Americanisms are just a way of... Uh, uh, the only Americanism that really pisses me off and that I actually worked hard to change in my own vocabulary is everyone goes to a shop or the bar and says, can I get this? Can I get that? It's such a fucking shit phrase. No, I don't, I don't do that. I, 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 yeah, I used to. I used to. Conscious and I started to notice it. And then I changed it to please may I have, please may I have, please may I have. And, then, and I had to point it out to other people. But when I point it out to other people, not just random people, I said to said to my kids and stuff, but it's just a really dickish thing to point out to people. But just something I did personally. Yeah, um, I mean, you you know I love uh, to be pedant, pedant about certain things. The thing I always pick out, and it, it doesn't go well in meetings at work and stuff, you know, when, when people pronounce the letter H as H. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's usually when, based around when it's when I've discovered something and I've always said it wrong, and then I've discovered that I've been saying it wrong, so then I purposefully say it right and then point out to everybody who says yeah. who says it wrong, and, and 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 they obviously think I look like a massive twat, um, but I, but I just can't help myself. So it's like, do you actually know that it's that it's not actually pronounced H? The letter H is not pronounced. Yeah, H, it's similar. It's, it's zealotry of the convert. All right, I've got another question. Have you ever had a religious experience? I've had a lot of religious experiences induced by, you know, things that make you think you're having religious experiences. But I tried to think for a little while, tried to think, oh, maybe I could believe in God. And then I was a, a sort of militant atheist phase because I was watching so many YouTube videos. Then I realised that that was just too dogmatic too. And now I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't believe in God. 
Uh, but I'm not going to go around having to go at people who do unless they piss me off or, you know, get in my way. Get, get in your way? What does that mean? Like, in the street? No, not necessarily. I don't mean in the street. I don't mean, like, you know, a vicar gets in the way on the street. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Your your religion is in the way of me. There is no God. After a, after a phase of being a militant atheist, I became more of what I prefer to say agnostic, just to say, you know, I don't believe in God, but I don't really know shit all about the universe or how it works. So I'm just going to be like, fuck knows. What do I know? I'm an idiot, for fuck's sake. I'm just a silly human, you know, spinning around. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've, one thing I've often thought about you, so... Yeah, cool. Should we should we end it there then? <laughs> uh, oh, we're gonna do one of our great endings because I have to say the ending of every podcast is such a fucking dribble, and you're the editor here. Yeah.